0: This is Good Karma Wrestling. Welcome to another edition of GKW. I'm Gabe Nitzel from ESPN Milwaukee. With me, as always, Brian Rowitz from ESPN West Palm. And the new Money in the Bank winner, you can catch him on ESPN 1000 in Chicago, Jonathan Hood. And speaking of Money in the Bank, that's where we have to start. The main event, I didn't see it coming. Didn't think it would actually happen. But sure enough, we have a cash-in From Austin Theory, finally, of that Money in the Bank briefcase, rumors about maybe he's going to be the first one to hold on it for a full year, because you have the year, what are they going to do with him? Well, he decides to cash it in, but oh no, 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 he's not going to cash it in on Roman Reigns, why would you do that? He tries to cash it in for the United States Championship, which again, kudos to Triple H, you've done a good job of making it relevant, maybe you're making it trying to make it a little too relevant at this point. Uh, so he tries to cash in for the U.S. championship and loses in the main event of Monday Raw this past week. Uh, I, I just cannot wrap my head around this one. There have, so where we start today, is this the worst money in the bank cash-in ever?
1: Uh, there is no question. It's the worst since uh, Mr. Kennedy in 2007 uh it it to me because it's a bad cash in because not because it's on raw it's that's not the reason it's because it didn't seem like they had really a plan for theory. It was just last week where I said, You know guys, I'm starting to come around on theory because he's just not sitting in, in a front face lock he's not he's actually getting up and he's wrestling we already know the personality, and I thought they could do something with him but it seems as though they just i think triple h and Management just said, you know, we're just going to draw a line in the sand and then we're going to get the uh, money in the bank off of him, the briefcase. And I just, I don't understand that. I just thought that the whole thing was odd all at the same time where it happens on Monday Night Raw. And then now what for theory, a guy that actually was getting over
2: yeah, and I think the other thing, like, we've talked about on this show, if they were going to take the briefcase off of him, they were sort of setting up a month or so ago him and Gargano. Like, that would have been perfect. Like, let Gargano try to challenge him, call him out, win it that way. I watched Raw a little behind on Monday, and I saw on Twitter, like, oh, Theory fails cash-in. And I was intrigued. I was like, oh, how did they figure this out? Like, what are they going to do with Roman? Like, Roman's not advertised for tonight. Like, this is going to be very entertaining. <laughs> and then I saw Rollins end of the show, and like, Wait, what, is, what is happening here? And I know we're supposed to throw logic out with wrestling, but what about the fact that Rollins had not one but two open challenges on that night? Were anyone going to come out and challenge for that title and not need the briefcase that Austin Theory used on Monday? Like, it makes no sense. I don't get it. I blame myself. I blame okay. me. <laughs> Because they teased
0: this, guys. Like, they were teasing it the previous Mondays. And I just didn't think they were serious. Like, oh, okay, ha ha, nudge, nudge, winch, winch. Yeah, <laughs> I guess you could cash it in for the US title. I don't know why you would, but I guess you could. They say any they don't say what title, it's just any title. Why I mean, I guess if you really wanted to, you could do it for the twenty four-seven title too, right? <laughs> right? Wink, wink, nudge, nudge Like they've been they they've been teasing this the last couple of Mondays. And I guess I just didn't take it serious enough. And so that's on me. Triple H has been very upfront about what was going to happen here. <laughs> and I guess I just did not believe that he would actually pull the trigger. Uh, so now Theory joins this list of people who have cashed in the Money in the Bank Championship or the Money in the Bank contract without winning a championship. Yes. It starts with John Cena, who on Raw 1000 booked the match in advance, and not try to uh, sneak up on CM Punk. Uh, brought, excuse me, Big Show ended up interfering so Cena won the match, but did not win the championship by disqualification. Uh, Damian Sandow had a very bad effort against John Cena, where he yes. lost his Money in the Bank uh, cash in. Baron Corbin also poor effort against Jinder Mahal. Remember the Jinder Mahal era? That was wild I do. times. I yeah, do. I mean, I wish I didn't. Uh, Braun <laughs> Strowman uh, wrestled to a no contest in Hell in a Cell after Brock Lesnar, Paul Heyman uh, interfered in that. Then you also have Theory, who lost this past Monday. Also in there, it's it. I don't know where this falls, because Otis is a Money in the Bank winner. And yes. then he lost his contract to the Miz, who then successfully cashed in. But Otis, to me, is also on this list of bad money in the bank wrestlers because he eventually lost his money in the bank briefcase.
1: Kennedy never cashed in either. Did he was never the heavyweight champion? Was he? Did, I, don't, I don't, I don't
0: think so. I
1: know. I, I think that he was, a, I, the point of the money in the bank is to be able to get someone over someone who, who does not have a championship. And you're saying, this is going to be the next guy. This is going to be the next star. It's there's one for the women. There's one for the men Um, over the years in the WWE. And so I thought with Austin theory, this is, McMahon, he thought that this was going to be the next guy. And there's nothing wrong with that. If you feel like this guy in the indies can be able to wrestle a WWE style and be able to get over, I think he was getting over. But it's it's Triple H. I'll always remember Raw for this. For this, He put into the trash can the 24-7 championship, the money in the bank, and Ali, all in the same episode. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow, some way, all three things were just thrown uh, to uh, to the side. Uh, for this Monday Night Raw. I just I I will say this, that I don't think that should stop any momentum for Austin Theory. I still think that he'll have some really good matches, but um, I guess they looked at the championship situation and said, Man, we just can't get these championships off of Roman, it doesn't make any sense. So, let's see if we could do a well, that wouldn't make any sense. He can't beat Rollins because he, I mean, look, I mean, Rollins is up here and and uh, Austin Theory's down here. What other championships are you kind of uh, could you imagine a Gunther against theory? No, that's not gonna work. I mean, they looked at it and looked at all the contenders are like. Oh shit! We need to take this off of him because he—it it wouldn't look make sense for him to beat anybody. Apparently, that has a singles championship in the WWE. Yeah.
0: But there's so much time, like you've got, right? You know, like so, and, and we know this. You know, so much can change in wrestling. You know, somebody gets injured, whatever. I, I don't think you needed to rush this. I don't. I, I don't think you needed to just get this off of him and get it out of here. Yeah, you know, obvi- th- this tells me one thing. Obviously, they still plan on Roman Reigns having the championships six, seven months from now, whenever the next money in the bank pay-per-view is. But that's, so that's painfully obvious to me because clearly theory wasn't going to be able to cash in against Roman and and win. So the Roman reigns in the bloodline, that's continuing for another six, seven months
2: minimum. But that's the weird thing. Like, I think the one thing we're learning out of Monday and seeing the reaction, seeing the negative reaction, ripping triple H, like he's starting to lose some of that goodwill. There's not that blind faith of like, it's okay. Hunter's going to work it out. He has a plan with him dropping it. Like Theory with the briefcase or anyone with the briefcase adds that sort of intrigue. I go back to the Roman Brock match at SummerSlam when Theory came out there where you're like, ah, is this really going to happen? Like just him coming out and just being there adds a different dynamic, adds a different angle. And I don't understand why you would just blindly take that away. We've talked about guys losing the briefcase. Why not just have him lose it to someone else as opposed to looking – dumb honestly like for going out there and challenging for a lesser title and not winning unless and i haven't seen anyone say this out there where they say like oh because of interference like it doesn't count and he still has the briefcase come this monday
1: yeah, it's always exciting, too, when even if yeah. you failed to cash in, it was always electric, like here's Edge. Edge is like one of the right. best ones running from the back or Rollins running from the back, getting bring a referee, says, I want to do it now, I want to do it now. It didn't have that same type of energy with Austin Theory. But if I'm Paul Levesque, bro, it's and, and I say, okay, so if not now in Wilkes, Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania, when can I take it off of him? Like, do I do it in a Survivor Series? Do I do it at the Royal Rumble? Do I do it at WrestleMania? Like, that is the question. Like, if I can't do it now, when should I? Because he doesn't see him as a singles champion at all in the company.
2: Sure, which is fine, but why not, like, put some stakes? Like, why not make it to where he's challenging Rollins say, hey, I want the U.S. title back. And Rollins said, okay, but you need to put up the Money in the Bank briefcase. And now Rollins has the briefcase. And now all of a sudden you have that intrigue of Rollins as being, you know, Mr. Money in the Bank once again. Or just have him come out there and try and cash in on Roman and the bloodline gets involved and he loses it that way. Like it just doesn't make sense to lose it this way. I I, I have no problem with him dropping it. Mm-hmm. I Correct. have a problem
0: with him dropping it while trying to go for the US championship. Right. Like that to me, just like <laughs> bury this guy with a shovel. Like, yeah. Wait, so so you're bad and dumb. Right. Like, <laughs> like, yep. like that's that's the worst combination. You can be bad, that's right. fine, but bad and dumb. Like if you're gonna lose it, at least lose it going after the bloodline, go after the tribal (laughs) chief, go after the guy who's walking around with two championship belts. Do that instead of dropping it on a random Monday night when we weren't expecting it for the US title, which is already a title you have held. Right. It just doesn't make any sense. It is by far the strangest decision that we've had of the Triple H hero you know? We graded mm-hmm. Triple H last week. We all had high grades. Like this would to me would like knock him down a half a grade because that's how dumb and idiotic this decision is.
1: I, I would agree, uh, especially on a random Monday Night Raw. That's the whole thing. It's like it didn't build toward anything. It was just right. something that happened. So I would agree with you. I just um, I'm just confused of exactly what's next for Theory if, because. There's a difference between McMahon and Triple H. I mean, maybe from Triple H, he doesn't look at Theory as the next guy. I think he can be like, to me, he's the secondary guy. There's a list of eight that I'm sure the Triple H looks at. But then I think he's on that second level. I don't know what Triple H thinks of him now when you just take that off of him. It, it was strange. and Out of all the things that we've seen so far through, I guess we're through about 120 days almost of his era, Like that's a very strange thing that happened. That is for sure
0: it's like, yeah, it just, it just, I can't, why, why would you do this? Because, and the other thing is like, I've been starting to come around at Austin theory. Like I when when he was more or less crowned and then he got his WrestleMania moments and they were doing the whole thing with him and Vince McMahon and the whole thing like, okay. It it was kind of the reaction that a lot of people had to Roman Reigns when he was initially away from the shield and being jammed down everyone's throat, Mm -hmm. kind of the same thing. And now with Triple H in charge, I'm like, okay, let's give him a little bit of a chance. And he's put on some bangers, man. Like he's put on some really good matches. I'm enjoying his work as this heel character. And I'm seeing I'm starting to see now the potential myself as a fan. Like I can I can start to kind of get behind him. And this just kind of halts any and all momentum. It well, just, it, I mean,
2: you talk about his match. It was just last week that him and Rollins put on that banger. Like I just looked back at the notes, like, that was my match of the week last week. Was the two of them in the ring on Monday night putting on one hell of a match. And like the fact that now have this the next week, it just it's Vince logic where you're like, OK, like, were you thinking beyond this week? Like, were you thinking about your next moves? And the fact that so many people lose the New York Post or Times to put it out there, like saying it's the worst decision ever. You completely kill theory sort of says something to what we think about Triple H, the booker, and that maybe he's starting to lose some of the goodwill he had 100 days ago
1: unless there's a grander plan, which I think we're going to get to within the framework of this show. There might be a grander plan for him, but just, but I just think that between now and WrestleMania or between now, and the next money in the bank, you know, who's going to be elevated to that point where they can be seen as the next guy. I guess that's what it comes down to. Hey, if theory wins a championship, you know, for a long time under Vince, guys like uh, Rey Mysterio, Chris Benoit, CM Punk, a lot of those wrestlers were the champion, but really not the guy. Bray Wyatt, sure. they were the champion, not the guy. I don't know if, I don't know if Theory was going to be in that same category. But you know, without the money in the bank briefcase, what is he going to be? That's what I'm interested in seeing because he's one of their good. I would say one of their top, you know, heels uh, in the company right now. So I'm I'm very curious to see what happens next.
2: The other thing to throw out there also, we talked about Triple H, you know, getting rid of the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. There's also rumors that maybe he gets rid of the Money in the Bank pay-per-view and that becomes part of WrestleMania. So maybe it's just a clock thing. But even that, I mean, it's November. You didn't have to do it on Monday. But maybe it's something to just sort of reset the clock for him.
0: Okay, quickly, just to put an end on this, who is, is, this the, worst, who is the worst Money in the Bank wrestler? Is, and is this the worst cash-in? And if it's, this isn't the worst cash-in, what do you have as the worst cash-in?
1: Uh, well, like I said, for me, it's 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 Kennedy was the worst guy with Money in the Bank. But then, you we mentioned now, who was that with um, that you just mentioned earlier? That was a WWE champion, just for a short amount of time. Gender, Gender Mahal.
0: That and that was not a short amount of time. No, that was, that was a, way too long. That was a long run for Gender <laughs> Mahal, who did there were multiple
2: Cor- pay per view main events there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> who defeated I, I, Baron I Corbin
0: when <laughs> Corbin tried to cash it.
1: That's it. Yeah, I tuned out. That that was that's before. This is predates GKW when I didn't have to watch Raw. Yeah. <laughs> like I where, where I was doing a wrestling podcast, but it would never anything about Raw. There was a reason why because Jinder Mahal was. And listen, I know that was a business decision. So this is like, hey, oh, you yeah. want to get this TV over there in, uh, you know, in Saudi Arabia and internationally we got to make him champion but yeah i tuned out of all that
2: yeah <laughs> so i would say definitely worse cashing just because it makes no sense the u.s title in terms of wrestling. though i think it has to be otis because like the baron corbins the Kennedy's of the world there's at least that intrigue of like you know what this is the mid-card guy that maybe they push a little bit and you say there's the potential that cash in no one saw that with otis like he was over he was lovable they had the whole mandy rose thing there was 0% chance he was ever going to be a world champion. So to me, that's still the worst wrestler to win it.
1: Was that during the pandemic? Was that yeah. on top, yep. of, top that was of on yep. Power? <laughs> yes, <laughs> okay. that yep.
2: was a cinematic uh, Money in the Bank.
0: <laughs> yes. <sighs> Where him, him and then the uh, women's winner was Asuka, who then right. that next Monday became the women's champ when Becky Lynch stepped away because we knew she was pregnant. Wasn't um, I am going, or
2: something also thrown off the roof that night? I think Rey Mysterio died. Yes,
0: they threw okay.
1: him off. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He is the one. Right. Big face. He, he survived. That's amazing.
0: He did that's it's incredible. Like they threw him off the roof and he somehow survived. You know, and now and maybe he wishes he didn't because now he's feuding with his son. He had to go over to SmackDown. Um, yeah. I, so I, I'm i with Otis as my worst wrestler, and yes, this is the worst one because it doesn't make sense. But, you know, shout out to John Cena for doing the, oh, I'm not going to cash in behind your back. I'm going to announce the match, and we're going to do it on Raw 1000 and telegraphing that, oh, yeah, you're not going to win. because.
2: But at least that Cena makes punk. sense for him, like for white meat, baby face John yeah. Cena, you know, try so hard. That makes sense for that character.
0: Uh, yeah, it makes sense. It doesn't mean you have to like it, but it does it okay. make sense. Which, which... You cannot say for this. It doesn't make any sense to try to cash that thing on the U.S. title. All right, so that was one of the the biggest stories in wrestling this week. We've got three other ones we like to talk about. We call it the three count here on GKW. Brian, what do we have at number one?
2: We'll start in the world of AEW, the newest world title. Eliminator tournament has been announced. It'll conclude at full gear. The winner will get a world title shot at Winters coming on December 14th. So the eight-man tournament, does anybody besides Ricky Starks win this tournament?
0: I mean, the answer should be no. Like, I mean, Ricky Starks – but again, Ricky Starks has been missing from television, and I think he's been off kind of you know, doing a couple of other things, which is why he's been gone. And, and that was a question we asked a couple of weeks ago. Because, like, what happened to him and Powers? Host Hobbs? Because they were both – they had a pretty good feud going, and now they've got Hobbs going after that TNT championship and, and Ricky Starks in this. It's just very obvious that they decided they wanted to do this again. And have it at, at, you know, winter is coming, which is what they've done in the past. It's how um, Kenny Omega was able to get the championship belt off of, of John Moxley a few years ago. I don't think you needed to do this. Like it just it's And you okay, bracket. Why, so to throw yeah, the
2: bracket, the bracket, bracket out, doesn't last make night. Any sense. Right. It started last night. Ethan Page beat Eddie Kingston. And then there'll be three matches tomorrow. Ricky Stark versus Lance Archer, Brian Cage versus Dante Martin, and Roos versus Bandito.
1: Uh Yes. So the answer <laughs> to the question is Ethan Page. Ethan Page should be the champion because you know what? No one's looking for that except me. That guy's working hard and I, I want him to be champion because there's already too many managers in AEW that's not doing anything. So, I mean, I guess we'll find out in full gear uh, what's going on with MGF, which we'll get to in a second and whether or not he has a benefactor or a manager behind all of this. Uh, but I, I want Ethan Page to win. I think Ethan Page is really underrated. Um, his When he was with Scorpio Sky, I mean, that was a great tandem. But I think that Ethan Page is working hard. We saw Wednesday, uh, the way he was able to take over and beat Eddie Kingston. And I'm glad there was a backstory from Excalibur. I had no idea how often they wrestled in the Indies. I was glad to learn that from Excalibur. But I like Ethan Page. I think that he's got a, a great look. He's a heel. And I think that no one's looking for that. I wouldn't have no problem with Ethan Page winning this whole thing.
2: So the thing with me, like, I'm on the other side of Ethan Page. Like, I don't think he's that great. I don't know what it is. Like, I'm missing something there. But, like, projecting it forward. Like, Ricky Starks versus heel MJF. That's a fun match. That's a story you can get behind. The crowd can get behind Ricky Starks trying to win that title. You know, to Gabe's point, it sort of speaks to AEW booking where you shoot someone up. They get so hot. and It's like, hey, haven't we taken them off TV for a few weeks? Like, no, that, that, that's not the way you keep them hot. Like, do what you do with the acclaimed. Otherwise, like, there's no one else in this tournament. Like, I guess Ethan Page versus Face MJF makes sense from storyline standpoints. But how many people are tuning into that Wednesday? Saying, oh, this is a match I want to see. The other side is playing the flip. Is if Mox wins next week, Mox versus Eddie Kingston, and I know he's gone now, but like that would have been a fun Wednesday night. Of hey, is this gonna be the one that where Eddie finally gets that world title? Mox has to be the one to sort of put him down, like you know, taking old Yeller out to the back, like ah, I'm sorry, Eddie, like this isn't your night. Like that I'm would have been I fun. I'm sorry, I love you. Oh,
0: my
1: God. I'm sorry, I love you. sorry, I love you. It's Shawn Michaels' flair all over again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Tremendous. So, like, those are the only th-
2: way you can make sense of anyone else. And, like, I like that the tournament doesn't have a bunch of, like, big-time names. You say, okay, hey, maybe there's someone there. That's why I said Ethan Page. Somebody's gotta get hot, man. I like, know, there's no the, one in this that should do that, though. Like Lance Archer means, is just a giant jobber at this point. Like this Bruce means, and you don't means, put on a great match.
0: This means Brian Cage is winning, right? I guess <laughs> like, that's, that's all this means is that Brian Cage is gonna end up winning. Because those are the two that you can make a case for, is Ricky Starks and Ethan Page, because I am still of the belief that the firm is behind MJF, and they are going to help him win against John Moxley. Especially just the way that Mox has been so protected, in yes. just about every one of his losses, he doesn't lose clean all that often. And they had him lose clean to CM Punk, so maybe they protect him here again, and 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 he loses because of outside interference, much like we saw when um, Kenny Omega took it off of him. So that would make sense. And then, but in the off chance that they actually pay off this. I don't need anything storyline with you know like hey I I can do it on my own don't need the dynamite diamond don't need any of this stuff with him trying to prove uh, that he can do it on his own yes that Ethan Page with the ongoing firm versus MJF stuff that can make sense otherwise it has to yeah, otherwise it's Ricky Starks it it has to be one of those two because those are the only two that have really stood out now, Banditos had some good couple of good matches when we've yeah. seen him and he's finally signed that contract I like Roosh but he seems to be kind of just. Wandering aimlessly without Andrade around, and the only two that make sense are the two that we've mentioned. I, I can't make a case for anyone else. I would have loved the Eddie Kingston thing. I love the way we just fantasy booked that, but unfortunately, that dream died. But I mean, that's that's what Rowitz does. He's trying to constantly book Eddie Kingston into world championship, Give him in world title. Let's go!
2: No. listen to the crowd.
1: He does and listen to the crowd. Listen to <laughs> Rowan's like a wrestler from the 70s. All you got to do is listen to the crowd. That's it. Okay, yeah. All, all 5,000 of them every Wednesday. Yeah, listen to them. Yeah, every And it every kicks us
2: over. Yeah. I mean, the other guy, I mean, Gabe didn't even mention. I'm like, Dante Martin. Like, I feel like there's been ebbs and flows with him. Hurt.
1: He's always been yeah,
2: hurt. Yeah, he gets yeah, Like, him versus heel MJF. Yeah.
0: I guess at this point with with Dante is like heated up and cooled down so many times. It seems like he's, he's, he's heated up and cooled down more times than big show has turned face and heel. Right. Like it's just happened so often in AEW because of the injuries. I guess I'm just, I'm over Dante Martin at this point. I, I, I think he's a tremendous wrestler. I was really hoping that one of the times he got hot, he could also develop a character to go along with the good work rate that to me he has in the ring. And unfortunately he just hasn't been able to stay healthy enough where Man, I, I know he's cut promos, but if you were to play a tape, like like you were to play three random voices right now for me, and Dante Martin's one of them, I don't think I could recognize his voice. Like, he he's not much of a character outside of this dude is super athletic and is right. going to do some really cool things that you know only Ray Phoenix can do.
1: Yeah, that that's because he's been so in and out of the company because of injuries. You need to be able to work with him. Uh, look, what was Jack Perry? Uh, a year and a half ago hiding in the back did not want to do promos anybody seen jungle boy jungle boy you had to track him down you know by the dock someplace and they had to this is what i was told because he didn't want to do it did not want to speak and so now you can't get him off the camera now he wants to beat everybody's ass which is good that's i mean you're a professional wrestler right you're supposed to look in the camera and let people know you want to beat someone's ass the same thing with dante martin that just comes with time he's young i get it but you know, I think that as much as I think that Ethan Page should be the guy, I, I think that it's going to be a baby face like Ricky Starks because if it is Starks, now you got Starks and MJF. Now you get the future of your company, two yeah. young guys under thirty going at it. I like Page because of, of I think that he's on the ascend, uh, he's on the come, but I could see like the next generation of MJ, of uh, AW going one on one, which would be really cool. Yeah, that's fair.
0: I, 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 you know. I wouldn't mind the rub just I think we all agree that no matter who wins this thing, they're not going to beat, to me, either Moxley in the slim chance that Moxley wins or MJF at winter is coming in early December. So I wouldn't mind the rub that Paige could potentially get there, put on a really good match, and then you can try to keep pushing him because I feel like Starks has gotten some of those rubs. And once you continue, and the other thing about Starks to me, the more you put him on TV, the more he's going to ooze confidence. He's going to ooze that kind of it factor that. I think we believe he has. So, if if you gave the rub to to, uh, to all ego, Ethan Page, I don't think that would be a bad thing because Ricky Starks' time certainly is coming as well.
1: And and by the way, the actual real answer to this question is Miro. Anybody seen Miro? An- anybody? Anybody know where he is? Nope. I, I saw him on an episode of. Uh, not is it CSI New York? The show that's on CBS. I saw him on there. I only oh, turned okay. on because, yeah. No, because it's Richard... – um,
0: was it an FBI show? Yes. Because I, like I think that's show. the new series on CBS. Like, they've gone from CSI. Now yeah. they've replaced just two of the letters, and they have FBI. Oh. And, yeah. yes, he
1: was – Something like that. Yeah. Only, only reason I'm watching because Richard Kine's on there. If it's Richard Kine, I'm there. I've got to check out a Richard. <laughs> Wait, you're a
0: Richard Kine stand? Yeah, it's <laughs> I did not yeah. see that coming. <laughs> I didn't realize you were a big spin city guy. Like I really, you know, just really thought him running, you know, wow. being in the back, background of things, running New York City in the late 90s was, you know, <laughs> I, I didn't take you for a, a spin city guy.
1: Oh, you more Michael J.
0: Fox or Charlie Sheen on that show? Which one did you like more, Jay Hood?
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You know why I like Richard Kine is because you know what you're getting. He's not trying to do any acting. Even on this show here, I've seen a couple episodes, he just kind of saunters in, and he goes, hey, I've got myself a 1978 LTD. I bought a new car. There's crime going on, Richard. Yeah, and I got a new car. I mean, you're getting what you're... The same thing with Curb, right? You 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 see yeah. Richard Klein, you know what you're getting. That's what I like about him. It's like me. You know what you're getting. No, I don't. No, because yeah, I didn't, I didn't know. I'm coming. Yeah, yeah,
0: no. I mean, I thought I knew what was coming. No, I did not think that we were going to spend two to three minutes talking about Richard Kind (laughs) and how, like, he's just really, you know, just has really bought into himself in every role that he plays. Do you get entertainment?
1: Okay, do you get entertainment for me on the show? Then you know what you're getting. (laughs) There you
2: go. (laughs) Just sometimes you don't know the source of said entertainment. What's number two, Brian? All right, I've got no transition on this one. Uh, Ringside News is reporting that John Cena has already talked to Triple H about wrestling at WrestleMania 39 so guys who should john cena face at wrestlemania
0: so first the weird part about this whole thing like that was attached with it was like oh and and Cena, who knew if he was going to come back he you know initially maybe if he started working it was going to be a betrayal to vince because he's so close to vince like vince's family's still running the damn place right. his, his son-in-law's in charge his daughter's the ceo like Vince has kind of given his blessing on the whole thing, so th- that was. Just I will a also
2: part. point out in terms of Vince, like I went on the WWE website today to like go through their roster just to like get some ideas for this question. Vince is still listed there. Mr. McMahon's still on the roster page. So there you go. Oh
1: boy. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh. Uh, so, what do you think?
0: I, I think that if Austin Theory. If you have plans for him, he's the one who makes the most sense to me. Where he can still have his big match at WrestleMania. And if he, assuming he goes over Cena, that gets him kind of back on track to where you want. You know, and that is the one that makes the most sense to me. Because you want it to be a big enough match. You don't want it to be a title match at this point for John Cena. And I think that's the one that makes the most sense.
1: That's it. That's what I had written down. I wrote down Cena versus Theory because bro it's that that ties the whole thing back. Remember it was Cena and Theory did like some kind of face yeah. to face or this feeling like I don't know why people were saying this like you know Austin Theory looks like a young John Cena. No, he, no he doesn't. <laughs> no he doesn't. I don't know why that came out. Like got into the wrestling bloodstream on, on social like they don't look like each other, but I think that Again, no money in the bank, and Austin Theory needs to the rub, uh, and Cena takes the pinfall. All right, and so I have no problem with that. I looked at the same roster. I can't, and I'm looking at the the veteran roster too on my screen. Like I don't know what like a WWE Hall of Famer could take on Austin Theory, and Austin would and get over. I don't. I don't see that unless unless is Randy Orton available at WrestleMania. I mean, Cause, no cause, one seems to know. Because if, if not, then it's then it's it's um, Orton against Riddle. Because he's right. definitely coming back as a heel. There's no question about that. The yeah.
0: less we hear about Randy, just to quickly get in on Randy Orton, the less we hear about Randy, the more concerned I get.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I
2: it, agree with that, and I think theory is the obvious answer here. And like you know, we talk about Triple H and long term booking. That makes sense. Like theory goes down that long road of the losing, and like he can't get anything done. Like maybe he's a quick elimination in the rumble, and then you know their Cena to sort of rub it in. They do it that way. Other names though, like I do think Theory's the obvious. You talk about sort of putting that rocketeer back and doing that push. What about Braun Breaker? Like that's his first Mania moment, going out there right away and knocking off Cena in his first Mania. Braun Breaker still has the NXT champ. I don't think it's necessary.
0: You know, because, again, that would be very similar, and and you'd be borrowing then from what you did with Kevin Owens. When Kevin Owens first showed up, and he was still NXT champ, and and he did the whole thing with Cena, and, of course, Cena was a a full-time guy back then. But I think, I mean, if you you don't have any plans to take it off of Breaker, off of NXT, I I could make that make sense, but I, I haven't watched enough of NXT to know if Breaker's ready for that big WrestleMania moment, whereas I think that it would be... With Braun Breaker, clearly they like him. Clearly they see him as a future champion. He fits. He, he checks all yep. the boxes. Whether it's Triple H, whether it's Vince, who's running the show. But I could also see him beating Cena being very forgettable, like when Fandango beat Chris Jericho, and that really mm. didn't do anything for Fandango or Dango, whatever his name was. It just didn't do much for him, right? Like it, it didn't. So I can see the same being there, unless you find a way to get Breaker up. Around the rumble and build it on Raw or SmackDown and try to get him to connect with your main audience.
1: We could draw a line of demarcation when Vince really lost it by putting Fandango over Jericho. <laughs> like, I mean, it, but it was such a sell. Like, McMahon's like, "Yeah, I want you to put him over, pal," and, and Jericho's like, "Who? <laughs> Curtis? <laughs> that guy? Like, yeah, I want you to put him over at WrestleMania." I okay. And, it, and by the way, it got over, yeah. but it was too authentic, and Vince didn't like it. People in New York, I remember when they were in New York, and the people on the subway were doing this whole thing, <laughs> da, da, like all that. Da, What's da, that? People da, like da, it?
0: Da, 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 <laughs> it?
1: Can you imagine? Like it just, it, that's, that's, also, that's so nightmarish, I'm sure, for Jericho, knowing that he had to lose WrestleMania against that guy. But I can't – are we missing something, guys – Let's put our heads together. Are we missing something, someone from AEW, someone from the outside to take on Cena? I, I mean, I was to... just
2: looking at the roster. Like, I mean, you mentioned Miro earlier. So I the way I wrote it was a Rusev do-over, Gunther, and continuing his dominance. Oh, jeez. I just can't see.
1: He, he crushed Cena. But,
2: like, that would add
1: to him. Like, yeah. much as
2: dominant as he's been, and I think that even makes him a world title contender at that point.
1: That, yeah. You know what? That makes a hell of a poster, by the way. Like yeah. Cena and that jaw against, like, Gunther. that That would be a hell of a poster.
0: As much as they've leaned into the foreignness of Imperium, I have a hard time imagining they would put him over Cena at mm. Mania. You know, it just doesn't... Because you would have to lean into like the USA Europe thing, and
1: uh, come on, man, this ain't 1989. (laughs) No,
0: no, but that's the 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 USSR. Okay, so you're telling me that they would they would not leave. Tell me that even though Triple H is running things, that you don't think that's how that's playing out. (laughs) Cena's going over. Cena's going over Gunther ten times out of ten at Mania.
2: See, that would not work. I would not like that. Like Cena crushing any of these guys makes no sense.
1: What about Cody? I, 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 listen, I know it's pro wrestling. I just hate the old school trope of like, <laughs> hey, man, you know, this is, you know, this is an Austrian against an American. And like, I am a real, I mean, like Hogan comes out with the flat Like, oh, are, are, are we done with this? Uh, huh? USA Hogan? number one. Uh, other country, Hock Pooey, no? <laughs> oh, cheek. You're saying she against Cena? <laughs> I heard Sheik comes out there. <laughs> He's won at WrestleMania before. He won the Gimmick Battle Royal. I remember yeah. that.
0: So, seriously, though, so what if, what about Cody? What if Vince, dec- or excuse me, not Vince, what if, what if Hunter decides that he doesn't want Cody to be, you know, let's say they get The Rock, and they do The Rock, Roman, Roman still has the straps, whatever. So now you need something for Cody. Cody Cena in a... Passing of the torch almost there.
2: I wrote uh, I Cody think, down. I think that could make sense. Like he becomes like the Cena, the guy going out there, making the media rounds, doing the make-a-wish. Like that's Cody.
1: Ooh, two baby faces. Ooh, two Surpy <laughs> baby faces, Cody and Cena. I like that too. I like that a lot, actually. That can See, actually I say I like him, but when you mention
2: that, like now I envision the crowd turning on it.
1: Oh well. <laughs> No, nah, it's it's Los Angeles. Nah, I think like, I think we'll okay. get a kick out of that. I I,
0: I don't think Cena's reached the point where the crowd doesn't turn on him like they did seven eight years ago. Sure, like when okay. he came back for the summer of Cena, like he was uber over. You know, the five moves of Doom. Everybody loved it because you did. You know, wasn't being jammed down your throat. Yes, he went for after Roman for the for the championship, but you knew he wasn't going to win. Still put on a fun match, and I think that. Cena's reached that point where he just has the respect of the WWE audience where I don't think they're gonna turn on him.
2: The other one I'll throw out there, it's definitely left field. We talk about his push for a while. Montez
1: Ford. Well, where is that push since he's been hurt? Is it gonna rekindle or will he be back in the tag team? I don't what happens now when he's healthy?
2: I feel like if he comes back, like I mean, I feel like the rumble sort of our, you know, landmark right now. If he makes a big run in the rumble, like if he's final four, final five. Where you're like, oh, maybe there's something there. A win over Cena sort of gives you that little push. You're like, okay, this is our guy.
1: Does Montez turn on his partner? <sighs> I think if so. he does,
0: if he does, I'm rooting for Angelo in the feud. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, look, you know what? God bless. Him. He's not Janetti. He's not like no, he's no. He, he's been very impressive in singles competition. Yep. Yeah. So. Our, uh, That's interesting. Well, one last thing on that. So was the Montez Ford push a McMahon push or a Triple H push? That was McMahon at first, right, because he bumped up 30 pounds? Like, I don't – see, again, I don't know what the philosophy is on some of these guys now. I I guess we don't know about theory either. Same thing. We don't know the the philosophy. I have no idea. I just know it's the biggest mistake in the Triple H era. I think we agree Mm
0: -hmm. with that. Oh, yeah. I I don't know if I could come up with a second because it's not even close to whatever we saw on Monday night. That was weird. Uh, what do we got at number three, Brian?
2: Or- All right. Yesterday was the 25th anniversary of the Montreal Screwjob with Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart. So, guys, where does the Montreal Screwjob fit in the biggest moments of pro wrestling history?
0: I, I don't want to put it number one. But that being said, I feel like no other events and every once in a while on social media, you know, you see like, oh, today was the first day that Stone Cold Steve Austin said, you know, still, you know, Austin 316 just says I whooped your ass. You know, you like you see these little, you know, oh, this was when the curtain call happened on this day in history. Like I feel the Montreal screw job every time I see it come across my feed. Like it just, it's, it's a big talking point and it gets discussed. Like I, Road Dogg was talking about it on his podcast to the point where he tried to make a case of him somehow being better than Bret Hart, which we don't have to necessarily oh. address. Um, <laughs> again, we don't need to get into it. Don't have to do it. Um,
1: <laughs>
2: but it just seems like- Does that, like that it, mean you it, don't agree? Is that what that noise <laughs> is?
1: If I say something about it, it's going to be the next half hour. So go ahead. <laughs> All right. Go ahead. So let's just
2: move on. We'll move yeah. on.
1: He's, he's well, maybe
0: we'll, we'll come back and do a special show on, on what Road Dogg said.
1: Such an um, a-hole. Go ahead. But it
0: just – it seems like it becomes a giant talking point for everyone because it was such a pivotal moment – of Bret Hart going to WCW and everybody knowing it. And I mean, there are so many stories behind Bret not wanting to go. And it just goes, the stories go so deep. It seems like every time this anniversary comes up, everybody just wants to talk about it for half of a day. So I, I, do I, I don't know if it is the biggest moment in pro wrestling history, but I feel like its anniversary is celebrated or at least remembered and talked about like no other moment in pro wrestling history.
1: We saw an actual screw job and that's the reason why people like it because people, there's so many angles. The reason why this even talked about is because we saw it happen on the pay-per-view and then the whole documentary with Brett was intertwined with that pay-per-view. So now not only you have WWE TV at the time, but also the film from the documentary that, that Brett was filming. And so, you know, you got behind the scenes stuff and all that. Like I know what happened, And I know it's a big event because something real happened in wrestling. And I think that what's unfortunate is and we seem like we talk about this almost every other week. Yes, that was cool, but what money was made from that? Right? Um, I mean Well, what
2: I would say Mr. McMahon was born.
1: Ooh, um, which would
2: be a lot of money. And post
1: like but just not with Brett, though. That's what I'm saying. No, like, not with
2: Brett. You didn't get that yeah. payoff, but I do think that path was created because of that moment. It's, you it's, believe Vince McMahon had to heal because of that moment.
1: It, it's not because Austin said, I'll whoop your ass. It wasn't that with Austin going against McMahon. I don't, I, I mean, said there's
2: more believability there. Like You wanted to hate Vince yeah. because you saw him get spit on on well, pay-per-view. We were like, oh, something's going on there. Like We don't like him. Well,
0: because he could screw, we, he could absolutely screw Stone Cold over, right. as we just saw it happen in real life.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Well. So
0: there, there's a realness to the character. Maybe, maybe there just adds a depth to that Mr. McMahon character that isn't there unless the Montreal screw job happens. And you got the payoff at WrestleMania. What was it? Fifteen years later, whenever Brett came, <laughs> eventually came back, and they did the the Brett versus Mr. McMahon yeah. at Mania. Yeah. But the money wasn't made in the moment. But WWE has certainly made a bleep ton of money off of this. Like, the, you mentioned the Brett documentary. Like, there are probably... If you were to go on Peacock right now, I bet you could find three or four different things that just revolve around the Montreal job.
1: Yeah, I I... That's a long conversation of exactly what happened there. But the ramifications of it still ripples today. It has a rippling effect because it's 25 years later. I've seen the same list that you two have seen as far as the biggest moments. Like for someone that was a white meat baby face his whole career, for Hogan to go to the NWO in Orlando was just uh, amazing. Like Because no one saw that coming. Nobody, Nobody saw that coming. Hogan becoming a heel – was unbelievable. It turned the business around, Gabe.
0: Yeah, that's probably number one. I think Hogan going yeah. to NWO is number one because I also feel like that anniversary gets celebrated because of what the NWO was. But then then this ends up being number two. But again, I still feel like we talk about the Montreal screw job more than anything else. Because like you said, I think you I think you hit it on the reason why. Because there's a realness to it. Right? Mm-hmm. Like there's just a realness to it that that made it, you know, a little bit different than anything else. Cause everything else is happening within storyline and this happened within storyline. And then also not.
2: Right. Cause I think we suspend the disbelief, but you still sort of have like, cause there's still to this day, I feel like people are like, well, you know what? That was a work. Like there's still that angle to it where people it's think true. that. And I think you can still make that argument. So that's why I think it's up there. And it's always that sort of teetering that line. Like the MJF stuff this year was such a big deal because as fans, We didn't know if it was real. We didn't know if he was showing up to that pay-per-view. We didn't know how much he was upset with Tony. And even the punk stuff, as big of a story as that's been all year, it's been like, well, you know, it's a work, right? Like, he's going to come back and main event with Kenny. So when you're right on that line is when we get our best stuff in pro wrestling.
1: So for those that don't know, Jim Cornette turns to Vince McMahon at Vince McMahon's estate and says, well, Brett doesn't want to lose in Montreal. He'll lose it anywhere, he'll drop it to anybody, but won't lose it to Sean in Montreal which kind of blows your mind, right? It is pro wrestling. This is all a work. This is acting, but yet you don't want to lose it because Brett's real. Wrestling might might be sketchy, but Brett's real to the point where he doesn't want to lose his championship. And so Jim Jim Cornette turns to Vince and says, "You know, we should just, you know, we should just take it off of him. You know, just talk to the referee, let's just, you know, get him in the sharpshooter and then whatever, just screw him." Like that. That's apparently, that's the the whole story. And And Brett told
2: Sports Illustrated this week, they had 25 more minutes of that match. Like, after that reversal, there still was another 25 minutes of that match.
1: I don't know what stories. That's the ones I keep hearing (laughs) that Jim Cornette told Vince. "Uh, You should just screw him. He can't do this to the business. No one's bigger than the business. All this stuff, right? And then, so, Hogan turning heel. Hogan beating Andre at WrestleMania. Slamming him. Uh, even though I could I could send you guys right now uh footage of Andre being slammed, it's just some random house show in Houston. <laughs> uh, Harley Race did it as just a transitional spot. <laughs> like, I saw it myself. I'm gonna said that to you. You don't believe me. I, I'll send you that. It's like in Houston, right? The old summit, and just like Harley's like slam, and Andre's like, huh? and it's just like picked him up, slam, lateral press. <laughs> like <I can't- laughs> <laughs> just slammed Andre the Giant. Apparently, Andre got slammed all over the country. Just nobody saw it on national TV. No one saw it on pay-per-view. Uh, so that was big, though, because it's WrestleMania. Yeah. Many people didn't see that before. Undertaker Streaks ends. Is that not a big event where the guy should have st- stayed undefeated in WrestleMania, and he loses it to Brock in, Houston, in uh, New Orleans? I still it's think a- this is a bigger deal, though.
0: Yeah. Like I mean, certainly Taker losing was a, yes. a great moment. And and again, it gave us the one of my favorite wrestling memes ever of the, the guy just like staring at disbelief, his eyes <laughs> like the widest you've ever seen. You can't uh-huh. believe that Taker just lost at WrestleMania. But yeah, it's it's that's certainly up there. That might be top ten. But again, I think it, I think it's NWO, I think it's this. And whatever you have at three, there's probably a significant gap.
2: So see, I put this at three. I'm putting Hogan heel turn. And I'm putting Vince leaving. I know it wasn't in the ring, but, like, experiencing that this year, like, it's something I never thought I would experience in my lifetime with Vince still alive. So I think those two are the only two I would put above Montreal.
1: I think the three of us were in a daze. Like, we could not believe that we start a show and then McMahon leaves. You're just like, what happened? Like, Vince just... Yeah, Vince is no longer in wrestling, which is one of the biggest moments in our lifetime as wrestling fans, if not the biggest moment. Yeah. I mean, that's oh. that's why this is all interesting. There's a number of answers here for this.
0: Well, again, because, like, going around, it was unbelievable. Like, Brian was getting ready to be on vacation. Like, Brian wasn't <laughs> supposed to be around. And I'm texting him, like, hey, I know you probably can't, but, like, Jay hood and I are going to do a quick emergency show. And Brian's like, why? Like, what are you guys? <laughs> like, what are you— like Vince just stepped away. What are you? My serious? initial reaction was
2: that was the day they said Triple H was taking over booking. I'm like, why are we doing a special show? Like, we can wait a few days to talk about Triple H taking over booking, right? I don't understand what's happening. And then Gabe informed me. <laughs>
1: yeah. I called Gabe. I go, Gabe, Vince McMahon is no longer with the company. What? And all of a sudden, the phone just was rattling. I, I don't I think he was using a landline. Wow. The cell phone's
0: in Wisconsin. It hasn't gotten here
1: yet. <laughs> he was all, hello. Game, He <laughs> like, went to went to the station. By the way, Austin 316 says I'll whoop your ass was in in Milwaukee, wasn't it? It was. Yes, it was. D- wow. it was. Yes, See? it was. Yeah. The, one of the biggest moments probably ever is at the old Mecca, right?
0: hmm Yep. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. so. yeah, and that's a huge one just because it it birthed one of the Mount Rushmore, WWE superstars of all time, you know, like it really took off stone cold on that, on that trajectory. One last thing on this, because I I don't think it was coincidence going back to road dog. So in the eight man tag to start the show on AEW last night, it was not lost on me that one of the gun, one of the ass boys kind of did the road dog little shake, rattle and roll. And then it got reversed into a sharpshooter. That was not lost on me. I think that was done purposefully taking a shot at Road Dog, who claimed wow. to be a better sports entertainer, and did not think that that Brett was a great wrestler. He was a good wrestler. wasn't great.
1: <laughs> Brian James doesn't know what he's talking about.
0: <laughs> he, yeah, uh-huh. he, has,
1: he has no right. idea what he's talking about. And I, I won't say any more because I'll explode on him. <laughs> uh, and, and really, this will go viral because he has no idea – for for him, he was the worst wrestler in DX, and you're talking yeah. about it like he was. Think about it. Ooh. He was.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I'm I'm trying to. Th- yeah, I was trying to think if I could make a case for him to go over X Pac, but I don't think I can.
1: All those guys could have been singles, were or could have been singles champion, including Billy Billy Gunn, who I thought was underrated. He had his run as as Mister Ass, which I thought was entertaining. But that guy could go too. Brian James, please. please are you kidding me he did say say
0: that brett could work circles around him but he felt that he was a better sports entertainer and that's where the money is
1: okay there's a wwe guy right there that's actually that's a vince guy that's a vince guy yes that's a a vince Uh guy because the one that could do do both and brett by the way had charisma as a single oh yeah does does that not matter in the the new generation of wwe where he puts kids
0: yeah, the purple and black, the sunglasses, like Brett's it's not like Brett wasn't just, a, cause he was a great wrestler, right? Like despite what, what Road Dogg said, like he's a great wrestler. And like, he created one of the, the more iconic looks in WWE history, like it was a cool look. So We don't
2: see a lot of road dog tribute matches like we see the Brett ones over the last year. I
1: mean, moving your shoulders around and (laughs) saying that you're one half of the tag team champions of the world is not necessarily sports (laughs) entertainment.
0: What what, what what does a road dog tribute match look like? Now I want to see it. You brought it up. (laughs) Now I want to see it. I just want to see what it will look like. When do we got news and notes, Brian?
2: All right. We will start things off with WWE, a official RIP to the 24-7 title, which was officially retired on Monday after Nikki Cross threw it in the trash. Um, you have your favorite memories, guys, 24-7 title?
0: So I didn't mind the 24-7 title because, again, it was just – you got three hours raw <laughs> like yeah. a long time. like you got a long show. so having something that was going to be comedy booked in, some of it hit, some of it didn't. I, I don't know if I'll necessarily miss it because I don't think I've really missed it since it's been off of television, but it it wasn't the worst of Vince McMahon ideas. I'll just put it that way.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, it jumped the shark for me. When Robert Roode is running around trying to get the 24 7 championship, yeah. Bobby Roode, glorious. Uh uh-uh. uh. No, our, 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 our EC3, like all these guys, like guys that could work are running around trying to get the 20. I said, okay, you want to re- do that with referees? You want to do that with our Truth? That's fine. But they had actual workers that yep. could be able to get the job done, and they're running around doing that. I was like, okay, this is just, it wasn't, hey, everything in wrestling is not for me. It's just, it's like, and that just at a point, it was not for me. It had been cool on on the house shows as a gimmick, but, or, or, or something online, you know, for Twitter, but it just, at some point, it just wasn't for me anymore. It wasn't funny. The belt
2: debuted May of 2019, 195 total uh, title changes, Nikki Cross cool. being the last one. 57 different wrestlers uh, held the title. Um, FTR, or the, uh, whatever revival at the time the only tag team to ever hold it i don't think that counts on their shirts the seven star and r-truth mm-hmm. led the way with 54 different reigns of the 24 7 title how many different does it say do you have any like how many celebrities held it they listed some of them and like even there were a fewer like oh like ted dibiase bought the title at one point uh so a bunch of random names like that a former guest of the show peter rosenberg a former Peter champion. rosenberg yeah No, so congrats to all of them all <laughs> right peter the 24 7 title such a bad-looking championship, too. Complete a, gimmick.
0: I mean, <laughs> look, I understand the Packers aren't you know playing well right now, but there's nothing wrong with the green and
1: gold colors. Oh, DJ. for heaven's sakes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Moving on. Nick Aldis revealed on Instagram this week that he is leaving the NWA. Says he's not happy with the direction of the company. He will be a free agent in January. Billy Corgan on Busted Open this week says Aldis is, quote, working an angle for himself by taking out the company on his way out.
1: That's not what's happening. What's happening no. is that Billy, Billy Corrigan is uh, not a very good promoter. This NWA cannot get off the ground. Here's how, just, just very briefly, here's where you know the NWA is going through a hard time when Tyrus is one of their top champions. Tyrus, who cannot move in the ring, cannot move. He's only a champion because he has his presence on Fox News and that he's got merchandise, and that's about it. Um, this company should have been further along than it has been. Uh, it has been going in the wrong direction for a long time. Nick Aldis is the only thing that was holding it up. He was dressed the part. He was a professional, um, was speaking very highly about the NWA. And so his wife wanted to put together like an all women's tournament again. And Corrigan's like, yeah, we just don't have the talent for that. So, okay. So now Taryn Terrell and some of the others are like, oh, I'm not talented enough to be in a women's tournament. I'll leave. This is just a disaster. This company. It could have been. It was on the rise under Dave Lagana, yeah. and now it's just nothing.
0: It just really when when Power first started and, and you know the YouTube show, it feel it felt like there was some momentum. Like it felt like within the internet wrestling community that people were kind of getting behind the show. Not that it was you know suddenly going to show up on television and, and draw numbers that AEW is, but it felt like you know there was an old school nostalgic feel to it. You know all this being the champ and and dressing the way he dressed, there was a cool old school feel to it. And I felt certainly felt that there was a spot for it, but yeah, but about the only time I hear about NWA now, cause I don't seek out its contents. Um, I did initially with power. I, I checked out a couple of those power shows, but yeah, the, the only time I hear about it now is when bad things are happening. Like Nick Aldis leaving, which I'm curious to see where all this open ends up because he's going to be a real asset if he goes to WWE or AW.
2: Well, I'll throw that out. free agent in January. Does all this in the rumble make an impact? Does San Antonio know who he is?
1: Um, some d- will. Some would say the NWA has been in obscurity. And he's yeah. been a long time since he was on WWE. Yeah, he's part of, he was part of AEW before AEW, correct?
2: Yeah, he, he was after at- he lost the title to Cody at All In. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's still—at the time, that was still a little bit niche. A little yeah. bit. yeah. Um, so I think that it'll pop some, but not much. But I would like to see him and uh, his wife, Mickey, in the yeah. WWE. In AEW, I'm not saying that it would be bad. I'm just saying that in WWE, he had an opportunity to kind of name his schedule, get back in the sky. Sc- and he looks great. He's still in great mm-hmm. shape. So i like to see them as a package, actually.
2: Yep, I agree. And finally, news and notes: Braun Strowman uh, going viral on social media after his match with Almost at Crown Jewel, tweeting, quote, holy hell, almost! can you believe we got 47 stars? And reminded the people that no one cares at all about these floppy floppers, giants and monsters greater than Flippy Flipper, who bags your groceries at Kroger. He has since apologized, saying he was joking, and he has mad respect for everyone in his locker room, and the internet wrestling community, quote, can't take a joke. Oh,
0: so that it wasn't a joke, man. Like you're on record saying all this stuff before. Like now you've been reemployed. You've been giving a second opportunity. And I keep going back to what Brian Danielson talks about in terms of the reason why he was able to work, why Ray Mysterio works. Because if you just have all as Braun Strowman flippity floppers, it probably doesn't work right but if you have nothing but monsters that doesn't work either you need a good mix of both to try to draw in a broad range of people to your wrestling program your entertainment program like him being so offended that his matches don't rate well like also you're also not that great of a worker like my favorite highlight of braun strowman and i show this to everyone i have shown this to anyone who comes to my house and I make with them watch wrestling. Like, if I'm watching a wrestling show, like, yeah, you can sit there. I have to watch this. Um, I show them when he accidentally caught Brock Lesnar with a knee. And Brock Lesnar got pissed off and hit him in the face for real. It's one of my favorite things ever. Like, you're not that good in the ring, Braun. Sorry, pal. That's why you're not getting high-rated matches.
1: And, and, and if it doesn't matter, then why is he mentioning it, right? right. I mean, because he realized that 90% of that roster of flippy-floppy guys – 90% right. of the roster, w- men and women. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> like, why you see things where, like other wrestlers were going on social
2: media where like Jericho retweeted and goes, oh, I used to work at Kroger. And then Ricochet responded like, oh, I worked there also. It's like, you're in the same locker room with a guy like Ricochet and you're saying that he's trash basically. And it also loses some steam when you're the guy that created an entire company that didn't have flippy floppers and then you came crawling back the minute Triple H called. like. You sort of lose some steam if you're not out there doing your thing, controlling your narrative, and oh. showing the world they don't need those floppers. Like
1: you lose some steam there. Oh, bro, it's with the promo. That's pretty stiff, <laughs> right there, brother. <laughs> brother. <laughs> Holy cow! Okay, <laughs> calm down this for God's What a <laughs> strong <laughs> promo! But it's true. off
0: the top rope.
1: Yeah, like hey, like hey, hey. I don't want to, I don't want to cross you, pal. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I I agree with you. Like there, there was just no reason for that, and so for almost just one quick thing about him, I know he went back to Nigeria recently, uh, and so that gives him a whole different personality. Like, oh, he's back home with his family and seen him in a long time. I could clearly see an opportunity for the hurt business with almost coming together. I think at some point that would not surprise me. Where. God, does Lashley need a heater of all things? Could you imagine Lashley needing almost <laughs> to, to help him out, kind of like Shawn Michaels Nash? I could actually see that in WWE. It wouldn't surprise me.
0: Hey, I'm all, I'm all here. If they decide to get hurt, they, they broke up hurt business prematurely, and they have teased too many times getting them back together. So I swear to God, Hunter, <laughs> tease me again. I'm going to be upset.
2: And we got a Shelton promo and match on Monday, so there's sort of something there.
1: Yeah. 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 We did get a Shelton. He still looks the same. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's amazing.
0: He's been doing it for 20 years. He still looks
1: the <laughs> same. Amazing. Awesome.
0: Good for him. Uh, what do you guys have as your match of the week?
2: Uh, for me, I'm going to go back to Friday. I think Orange Cassidy and Shibata for the All-Atlantic title. I don't know Shibata. I, you know, read it in a little bit and the fact that the man almost died and now he's out here wrestling. Like that was a damn good match. And Mike Tyson, being amazed by the two of them on commentary, like, that just added to the entertainment side of that. And I think going Tyson to Saturday.
1: By, Tyson, Tyson, by the like, way, calling spots. Dude, they, yeah. Like, the Like,
2: whoa. <laughs> Doing his thing. And the other one is Saturday. Like, Roman and Logan Paul, like, was fun. It was entertaining. We talk a lot about Logan Paul is proven he can be a wrestler. He's a damn good wrestler. I don't think we're giving Roman enough credit either. Because every time he's in these spots, he delivers also. And as good as his character is, He's that good in the ring right now also. Like, that was a fun way to end Saturday.
0: Yeah, I'm sure Braun Strowman didn't like it because Logan Paul yeah. is one of those flippity-floppers that he
2: <laughs> so much dislikes. But And he took a video while jumping off the top rope. You know, I don't yeah. know where that stands.
0: <laughs> um, Dude, I don't know how – I don't know where I have to set the bar for Logan Paul for him not to – like, I feel like I'm, I'm getting more and more confident because the matches he puts on are great. And he seems to constantly, I know it's been three matches, but he's clearing the bar every time he's out there. I I kind of anticipated maybe this being a shorter match, you know, where he gets in a couple of spots, the one lucky punch, Roman kicks out and then finishes him off. But, man, that was so much fun on Saturday. It really was. Again, in the creativity of, of taking the video because he's the social media guy, doing the frog splash onto Roman on the announce table, and they put him in spots to make him do some some great moves that don't take, that are overly complicated. Like I think about the blockbuster that he gives, you know, from the middle rope, top rope when he, when he hits Roman with that. And it just – it all looks so good and so smooth because he is a really good athlete. Like that was – it just – that is the match that just over the last week is constantly sticking out in my head, and and it's and it did its job. By the way, I had friends of mine who know that I'm a wrestling fan going, "Hey, like it's not supposed to be this easy for him, right?"
1: Yeah, yeah. too much outside interference. <laughs> <I got laughs> the was, to do no, that. that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Nah, just I mean, it's Logan Paul. Come on, Roman. I mean, your struggle sure. against him. I mean, I mean, it's. <laughs> Come on, I like the match until we get all that outside interference. I like the moves. that I mean, ultimately, mm-hmm. from both of those guys, that's why I like. I, I like the drama in the ring. Like it's the story is Roman does not take Logan Paul seriously. Logan yeah. Paul's uh, is is working his ass off. Everything was excellent. All the all the moves, uh, all the, this move set was excellent. Then you get all this interference. Then here comes Logan's brother, and so now the only thing I can think of is. God, are are the Paul's gonna beat the Usos at WrestleMania? Or is it gonna be Sammy and Kevin Owens beating? Like, I'm seriously. Now I'm thinking, like, so Uh. the other Paul brothers like interested now. So now we might get both Pauls in the WWE. Is that the matchup for them? That's what was going through my mind as I saw the end of that match. I'm like, I don't want to see both Pauls in there, and they can't beat the Usos. Let's have a real tag team in there, or have Sammy and Kevin Owens do it. I that was going through my mind. That's what I was thinking about. Um
0: I'm not I'm, by the way, I'm not putting it past the New Day winning on Friday and winning tomorrow night. I really love that promo to start. I, the, yes. the opening segment yes. of Raw. That promo between New Day and the Usos, fantastic.
1: So how about realism, right? What they yeah. all four of them said were, all of it was real. Every bit of it. Vince McMahon teaching the New Day how to dance. That's a real <laughs> deal, by the way. I need you to clap and just dance. And they're like, here, here let me show you how to do it. And they're like, You're gonna teach us how to dance, Vince? <laughs> For real, and those four
2: are also showing you can drop them anywhere, anytime. They're going to deliver oh, promo. Absolutely. They're going to deliver tomorrow night wrestling. Like that's just what those four do. Oh,
0: if if but if we're not here one week from now, and that's not my match, like something went horribly wrong. If that's not my match of the week, I'm expecting it to just it's going to be a banger. It's going to deliver. Yeah.
2: The speaking of that match, Sean Ross sat through this out, and I love the idea: is somehow an USO gets hurt tomorrow, and Sammy has to fill in, and he gets the win to extend the streak.
0: Of
2: course you would love that. Of course, I mean, just started, that. I'm a fan of it.
0: Right, so now Sammy's a part of it and they just free bird it and Sammy can yep. rotate in.
1: Uh-huh. Oh, I love that idea. I love <laughs> that. Um Mysterio Gunther and SmackDown. Little against big. I just like the story. Yeah. Danielson against Guevara, two out of three falls. You know, they never do disqualification finishes unless there's a two out of three falls match. It's very interesting. Yeah. Um I thought that Bianca Belair and Bailey stole Crown Jewel for me. I thought their match was excellent. Go back and watch. I mean, so here's why. We've never seen Bianca. I'm going to, I felt like I said this a couple weeks ago. We've never seen Bianca pushed like this. Like mm-hmm. she's had it easy, I think as champion, but Bailey's laying it in, man. She's, she's to the point where I thought, are we getting a title change? That because, and by the way, we talked about this with, um, you know, the, um, we talked about this with the tag team matchup in Chicago for an AEW, right? Scissor Me Daddy, those two yeah. against, yep. uh, against Swerving Our Glory, which we're
0: getting yeah. again at. Which,
1: uh... yeah, Yes, that, that matchup, Swerving Our Glory in that matchup against, uh, against those two. Against,
0: against
1: yes. And we thought it should be a title change there, right? Same yep. thing here. Bailey was so good and so convincing. I thought she was going to win the championship against uh, Bianca Belair. So I like that match a lot.
0: They've delivered every time. Like, they delivered in their ladder match. They delivered now. And, like, we shouldn't be shocked. Like, when you go through in the last decade, Bailey's probably in five of the best women's matches, five of the top 10 women's matches. Like, she just, she's underrated as a wrestler. Um, She delivers in the ring. And of the four horsewomen, I mean, her and Sasha Banks are probably the two best, like, in ring performers. And And I think also
2: bonus points for that ending. Like, that was a creative ending to that match. Mm-hmm. We're like, what are they doing here? They're like, oh no, she's like trapped in there. Like, I really enjoyed that ending.
1: Yeah, I liked the match. That was the best match at Crown Jewel.
0: So that'll uh, that'll do it this week for GKW. There's again, plenty still going on in the world of professional wrestling as the Usos try to break the New Day's tag team championship consecutive day record. They'll be wrestling tomorrow night. I'm sure we'll talk about that. I'm sure we'll talk about so many other things as this month we have. War Games is part of Survivor Series. We have full gear for AEW. So many things to get into. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week on GKW.